Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash filmpulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. This is Ryan watching the movie where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and tell us what he thought. Gun balls in the lobby yard. Watching the Grubbian Crawl. Magi. <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't even waste your time. Hello and welcome to Ryan Watches the Movie. This is episode number 248. My name is Adam Patterson. Today we're joined by Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? Pretty good. We're also joined by Ryan Holes. How are you? I'm um, uh... Got that E3 fever, watching some E3 stuff. Um, E3 out. E3 out. Mm, yeah, we'll talk about that after the show. Uh, what'd you watch this week? Uh, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. This is from 2006. Picked this in honor of the Beguiled. Is it the Beguiled or just Beguiled? I think no. it's just Beguiled. No. Is it the? Okay. Beguiled. All right. So I had it right the first time. This is written and directed by Sofia Coppola. I have a synopsis here. The retelling of France's iconic but ill-fated queen, Marie Antoinette, from her betrothal and marriage to Louis the 16th at 15, to her reign as queen at 19, and to the end of her reign as queen, and ultimately the fall of Versailles. Ryan, tell us a little bit about Marie Antoinette. Kirsten Lewis. And Marie Antoinette, she is supposed to marry this guy from, her uh, family is from Switzerland, I believe. And she is supposed to marry a guy from France. Therefore, their marriage and children will ultimately bring France and Austria together. The first problem I had with this is that Kirsten Dust and Jason Schwartzman and a few other people they have no accent whatsoever. However, other people in their respective families have what accents they're supposed to. However, some of the other people that are in their families have English accents. And like Rose Fern is one of her friends. She has an English accent. So I was very confused on where who came from where mm. throughout the entire movie. It made, it made little nothing. Those Those accents are all over the place. Yes. Um, she is to marry this guy at 15, and she goes, she's carried by carriage into a forest where there's, I assume, a safe meeting spot, and their families meet up, and they meet for the first time, and end up getting engaged and getting married, and they are... Trying to provide a future king because the prince that she married is known as the favorite of the children. And if, her, if their kid is firstborn, it equates to that grandchild being the favorite grandchild. 
So they were blessed to have a kid and provide a new heir to turn. Well, in, in the beginning, the king of France marries a young girl who obviously Christian doesn't get along with. And she calls her a harlot and whatnot. And she is very much younger. And not uh, very much younger than a king. And she's not wealthy. I believe she, uh, she was at some point a prostitute. And, and nobody can figure out why the king, well, the king's giving me attention because she's hot. And everyone else obviously doesn't like it. So she eventually, that, that's where, like, I rewatched that part a few times. And I'm looking, I'm looking at here right now. And it doesn't say anything about that. And in the movie, that's where it just kind of fizzled out. I don't know if I'm missing, if I miss someone saying she died, or because I'm pretty sure the king's in the rest of the movie. So I don't believe anything happened him at that point. But that's where it kind of just fizzled out. Um, then there's Jason Schwartzman, and I'm assuming he's very afraid of girls. Because if they're married, he uh, look for what they call it. Now, they, they call sex luck. They call it luck. And they, they call, call it? They call they, it luck? Luck. Oh, they call it luck. And they call it, they, they, they use the bill of the sex. And they go like key making. And apparently he's not very he's very shy and really doesn't wanna do anything with her or is afraid to not to mention that every time they go to bed when they wait they have this like circular curtain around their bed and when they wake up this instantly like literally like twenty people, servants and whatnot, sitting all around them, dressing them, but they're completely well not him her. But she's completely nude. There's like several people just standing around. I believe that's an early entourage. But uh well, I don't know. If, okay, go ahead. <laughs> she has a daughter. Obviously, it's not a boy. So <laughs> <laughs> and their goal, their goal is one heir, and obviously, a girl doesn't do that. And in the middle of all this, she meets an American, and they have like a military party. <clears throat> Or some of the high-ranking American army people, and she meets one of them, ends up sleeping with one of them, and as a boy, 
Only Jason's sports fan, I say thanks, the boy says. And that cut, that's why it's got drops in there. Then, at the end of it, there, there's a huge mob attacking the castle at their end. And everyone's told to leave, and it's unsafe. Oh, and, and they're face to leave. And sick by each other until the mob actually breaks in. And they'll leave, and the final shot is their bedroom after it has been trashed by the mom. Okay. So what so, did you think of uh, Marie Antoinette? Dumb. My <laughs> <laughs> well, unanswered questions of questionable actions. I know it was all over the place. Uh, I have not seen this movie. I, it, it's eluded me for a while. Like I, I do want to see it at some point. I know Kevin, you mentioned you wanted to see this as well. Did you get a chance to watch it this week yet? No, I did not uh, yet. I do want to catch up with this because when it first came out, I, I was interested, but not enough to actually go see it. I no. just the the period pieces. It's pretty funny at the beginning. I mean. Jason Schwartzman is obviously very uncomfortable with the whole scenario. And his actions and manners make me laugh a lot. Because there's a look of fear on his face for like half a minute. Yeah, it seemed like that there was a decent amount of comedy injected into this. Now, a lot of people uh, have said that this is an example of style over substance where everything is, is uber stylized and looks amazing. Like the costume design and the, the, uh, the production design and the music is really good apparently. Uh, but there's just not a lot going on plot wise is, did you, did you find that to be the case? I guess. What did you think of the, there's a lot that goes on answer. Lots of questions. I don't know if I missed stuff or what. Question for you. Well, like I said, certain parts that I rewatched, I still couldn't figure it out. Mm. Now, Maybe. knowing that me and Adam want to see this, would you recommend it to to us? No. Oh. <laughs> mm. That was the music. The music is always a. Uh... Kind of something that gets highlighted with this movie. The music is alright. Uh, apparently, Kristen Dunstan sang opera, which I was unaware of, unless it's someone else's voice dubbed her. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's her. Well. On Wikipedia, it says she had birthed the one son, the other son. Mm hmm. Another daughter, and in the movie, there's three kids right there. In the movie, uh, she is referred to a daughter, and then a son to this American guy. That's it. Mm, you know, so they weren't even. Unless they're like ghost children. I so haven't were... seen more than two. All right, so there were some historical inaccuracies happening here. That's. It's not. It's not a good sign. Ghost children abound. Now, but I, to me, it seems like the ghost children aspect would make it 
perhaps more interesting. Well, yeah, except for the fact that they're they're like actually ghost children that you just never see or encounter at all. Yeah, I'm just saying. It might as well be that they're just not even there. I'm reading this, and I'm like, what? I do this every week. I read the Wikipedia for record, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, they're totally only two kids in this, they're like fourteen. And she had two kids of more hmm. uh, This did win an Academy Award for Best Achievement in Costume Design. What do you, uh, so you thought the costuming was pretty good? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely looked like back then, but like I said, with the accents, or the lack of accents, that's where it happened. That's where he can't get past it. Yeah, <laughs> those like accents that it. inconsistency and, in the accents and the opera thing she bursts out of nowhere like this gorgeous singing voice on stage like there's nothing about it beforehand and it just comes out, out of and, and then one scene is her on stage singing and it's really good and I question where that came from also Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I'd be questioning things too. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, Milena Kinanero did the costumes on this. She's a very famous costume designer. I actually just on my Twitter feed today there was a video. I don't remember who posted it up. If it was like Fandor or some some one of those uh, posted up a video about her. She did the costumes for like The Shining, A Clockwork Orange, Grand Budapest Hotel, Godfather, Darjeeling Limited, Lord. the uh, the Oceans movies. Yeah, she's uh, pretty prolific. Chariots of Fire, The Hunger, Dick wow. Tracy. Not a great movie, but good costumes on there. What are we talking about Dick Tracy in that good movie? I don't think it, that that mm. would be a movie that holds mm. up. Mm-mm. Barry Lyndon. Yeah, she won four Oscars. Yeah, prolific. My trainer is also in this. Yeah, this has quite a quite a big cast. It's got Danny Houston, Rose Byrne, Rip Torn, Judy Davis, uh, obviously Kristen Dunst and Jason Schwartzman, as you mentioned. Asia Argento's in there. Marianne Faithful, Tom Hardy, yeah. Steve Coogan. Yeah, Jeez. big cast. Boastful cast jamie dornan count jamie axel Furson, band phoenix yeah uh all right let's talk a little bit about sofia coppola i think that this is probably the first movie we had you watch in her filmography she only has uh she has a number of um credits under her belt at this point she started with the virgin suicides that was her debut her feature debut she did a couple uh short films before that Version Suicides, fantastic movie. That's one that holds up. That one definitely holds up. Now, Ryan, I think you you saw that one, right? Mm. It was also with Kirsten Dunst about the uh, those the kids that kind of became obsessed with these these girls, these sisters that live this really kind of sheltered life. Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't That's about all I remember. That was a long time ago. 1999 fantastic movie 
Then she did Lost in Translation, another fantastic movie. Man, I remember when this movie came out, I was just absolutely obsessed with it. That was, that was obsessed movie, right? with this movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Then she did Marie Antoinette. Then she did Somewhere, which is the one that she, that came out in 2010. That was the one with Stephen Dorff and Elle Fanning. I liked that one. I think that a lot of people had issues with that one. It was a, kind of a polarizing movie, but I actually liked that one quite a bit. Then she did the Bling Ring, which to me was another example of style over substance. I didn't really like the Bling Ring at all. Um, yeah. did, did you like the Bling Ring? Wait, wait I saw two. I was Well, the Bling Ring came out in 2013, so it's uh, somewhat newer. Yeah. Based on the true story about the kids who would break into celebrities' houses and steal their shit. And one of the cool things about that movie is that Sofia Coppola actually got permission to shoot the film inside of Paris Hilton's house. So during the scene when they break into Paris Hilton's house, it's like actually her house. Hmm. There's some really good, uh, I mean, the like visually that movie is incredible, like incredible cinematography. But the movie itself, I did not find to be very compelling. She then did the a very merry a very Murray Christmas, which was that net Netflix special, the Bill Murray special. I don't know if you guys saw that one. It was kind of ridiculous. It's funny, had its moments, and then she did the Beguiled, which we'll talk go. about in a minute. So, what do you think? Uh, looking at her filmography as a director. What do you think of Sofia Coppola's work, Ryan? All right. All right. Definitely a few things in there I didn't realize she did. Which up the ante a little, made her a little better. Okay. That's cool. She she's had quite a she's had a decent acting career too. She started acting uh, at a pretty young age. She's obviously the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola. And she was in The Godfather. She was in The Godfather Part Two. She was in um, the. She was in The Outsiders. This is when she was Domino Coppola. She was in Rumblefish. Didn't know that. She was in the Frankenweenie short film. Sounds like she was in everything, just about. Yeah, she was in a lot of stuff. She was in The Godfather Part Three. She played Mary Corleone, a very kind of a. I don't know if it was a controversial role for her, but she she drew a lot of flack for that role because she was so bad in it uh, <laughs> that a lot of people blamed her, I think, unfairly for kind of making, for bringing that movie down. Yeah, I'm sure that it was all her fault. Yeah, <laughs> well, really yeah one yeah. actor's fault. That really sucks. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe, whatever. It's fine. I'm not gonna. I don't like. I don't like. Uh, this is perfect opportunity for you. You love talking shit on child actors. Was she a child at that time? She was older. She was. I think she was like maybe 18 or something. Okay. Okay. 16, 18, maybe. That's out. Of, that's out of your range. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I, she wasn't good in it, but I didn't think she was horrible or anything. She didn't ruin the movie for me. What I was gonna say is maybe if there was concern about it, he shouldn't have hired his daughter to play that role, but whatever. Yeah. 
She was in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. All right. There you go. Didn't really know that. It's interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um, any final thoughts, Marie Antoinette, before we give you your drum roll? Nope. Good question. Well, I have one for you. Did it, uh, what are you, what are your, what were your thoughts about period pieces before this movie and then after this movie? You big uh, fan of the period piece? Uh, period pieces are kind of cool if they're historically accurate, but I want to be... <laughs> Fighting in my head, is this right or is this right? So you're you're mm. a big stickler when it comes to the period piece. You want everything yeah, to be historically accurate. I don't want to be thinking two different things happen. I want to know what really happened. Now you want to get down to the truth of the yeah. matter. So with that in mind, when you're watching a period piece, do you have that Wikipedia page open, and do you have like re- reference books? That you're no. kind of cross-referencing what you're seeing on the screen. I only, I only reference in my head what I know to be the story beforehand. Yeah, gotcha. And in this case, I didn't gotcha. know much of the story. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Now, Kevin, I'm surprised you're interested in this because you don't like biopics. This is a biopic. No, I yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of things that I'm not really a big fan of period pieces and biopics. But I, I've been hearing about this movie for quite some time, you know, year after year. And I got to say, it looks it looks like it has great style. So that's pretty much the main reason I want to check it out. It uses contemporary music in it, doesn't it? Does it? I think it's like all like new wave type stuff too. But what I'm wondering. Because I'm okay with using contemporary music in period pieces uh, that show harlots on Hulu does that, and it really works in its favor. In fact, I think harlots actually takes a lot of influence from this version of Marie Antoinette. The problem that I have is like in A Knight's Tale, when the music is actually in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, Like that scene in A Knight's Tale when they start doing We Will Rock You. Yeah in the actual uh, world yeah, and not just as part of the soundtrack. Some people take risks and sometimes they don't work out. Well, that was a giant fucking fail. I couldn't believe, I wanted to walk out of the theater when that happened. As soon as that came on, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But I do like the idea of contemporary music in used as a soundtrack in great pieces, if done correctly. All right, let's go ahead and give you a drum roll, Ryan. What do you give Marie Antoinette? Four. And that is a four out of ten. How are you on the runtime with this one? It's over two hours long, just over. Did it feel long? Was it a slog? Yeah, yeah because not, not a lot. Mm, okay. Now, do you know anything about The Beguiled? Are you interested? I don't know anything about It's unfortunate. I'm interested. I'm very interested. I'm interested in this and the original. I heard that. Uh, I heard that this one, this was very, had a very positive response out of can. And uh, judging just by looking at the trailers, I'm kind of, I'm all into this one. A thriller. It is a period piece, but it's a thriller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes place during the Civil War at a Southern girls' boarding school. Yeah, yeah. And they. 
they'd taken an injured soldier oh, played man. by Colin Farrell, I believe. He's calm, man. Motherfucker's oh, calm, man. You in? Wait. Colin Farrell? Did you say you're in, oh. Ryan? Yeah. He's yeah. In. It's got that it's got phone booth Colin Farrell. Phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, on the Civil War. Well, it's in the, it takes place in the Civil War, but I don't expect any kind of big battles. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, no, bro. Okay. Um I like just the that. time period. Yeah. It's just he's conning his way into lonely women's hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. I don't know if that's maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, the original of that. I don't know what Sophia Coppola has in store for the. I'm sure she's going to bring a new. Yeah, I'm sure she's yeah. going to bring a fresh take to it. I doubt that it's going to be just. Which is, I think that's copy. what that, that's what makes it kind of interesting. I'd like to watch the, you know, watch the original and then watch the new one. Wait, back back the, the difference. with all that twist? I don't know. I didn't see it. It might have saw, twists. Who knows? I saw a trailer for something. I can't remember what it is last night. And in the trailer, did it say this has all those twists? <laughs> this is, it says, with all the twists. There's a lot of unexpected twists. Well, it does say an unexpected turn of events. Well, there you go. Maybe that's it. I don't know how many events that are unexpected turns, but there's at least one. It's quality, not quantity, Kevin. That's right, exactly. And it's only an hour and 34 minutes long. Well, thank God. There's one twist, and Kevin just gave it away. (laughs) Colin Farrell's a con man. He's not a real soldier. (laughs) What? That's what the original. Well, not a lot of people saw the original one, Kevin, including me. I didn't see the the original. original. I'm sorry, okay? But if that spoiled it for you, go fuck yourself. All right. This has Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning, Una Lawrence in it. Lots of people. Lots of good people. Elle Fanning is a giant. What? Elle Fanning is a giant. How tall do you think? Like literal, literal giant? She isn't like 6'3". I have no no idea. She was on Conan the other night. She's pretty close to his side. Hmm. Interesting. She's she's 5'9". <laughs> she's shorter than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, Maybe she had big heels on. She probably had yeah, heels on. Damn. <laughs> Isn't she a giant? Hey. Isn't that Elle Fanning a giant? I remember talking about her giant heels. I thought you were talking like figuratively like she's a giant in the industry. I thought I thought he meant like it's an actual giant, like that she was like eight four. It's <laughs> gigantism. Like she legitimately has gigantism. Uh, oh my! All right, so that's uh, that's three three S's on the beguile. Then that's kind of rare that we have that coming our that. way. This that. currently has a seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Only thirty seven reviews counted so far. Average rating of 7.2 out of 10. So some people are uh, some people are not so keen on this. I think that's pretty much par for the course with Sofia Coppola. I feel like all of her movies are either one or the other. Very divisive. So any final thoughts, Ryan? Beguiled? Nope. All right. Fair enough. 
I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net, at filmpulsekevin, and at my legs don't work. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakes, and Ryan Holes, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah.